We have now begun our winter sport championship previews. I'm Dr. Jennifer Ruckstad, Executive Director of the Missouri State High School Activities Association with a frog in my throat today. I am joined by Stephanie Turner, Coordinator for Sports and Activities, and specifically the Administrator over Swimming and Diving. Welcome, Stephanie. Hello, and thank you. You are about to embark with your second championship in your first year, and your first one was boys swimming and diving, so we're going to be talking about girls swimming and diving today, which are similar events. Right. I was a little nervous on the first one, and now I'm just really excited to get back in there again and and be at another championship and be with all the people that do such a great job at running this event. Are all the key players essentially the same from the November-Fall boys event to the February girls event? For the most part, we will see a couple of different officials coming in due to scheduling conflicts and such. But for the most part, we will see a very similar crew running this event. Okay. So what are the dates? So this is going to be the 49th annual Girls Swimming and Diving State Meet. It's going on February 15th through the 17th. Class 1 is Thursday and Friday. Class 2 is Friday and Saturday. And we're back at the RecPlex in St. Peter's, yes? Correct, yes. Okay, which is our home and has been our home for swimming and diving for a number of years. And we've mentioned this before on the podcast. We have at least two championship venues we do not put RFPs out for because in our state, these facilities are unequaled. And and the RecPlex in St. Peter's is one of those facilities for the sports of swimming and diving. They have more capacity than we even need. While we host a diving championship, a one-meter springboard diving championship there, they could host a very extensive and do through non-high school associations. So it's a great venue. Our folks have been there a number of years, like we said. Their staff, especially the director of the natatorium, has been there for years and years. And we come in and it's kind of like old home week. (laughs) Right. They are experts at running championships. They know what they're doing. They are very attentive to our needs. They run not only the Misha State Championships, but the USA, a lot of USA swimming events and just do a really good job with all of it. All right. So in the rest of our sport championships, there is generally a qualification for the state championships. When we're talking individuals, we are usually talking about a district meet, a district tournament that goes into the state championship and possibly even a sectional or a quarterfinal level. While we have that in diving, we'll talk about that here in a moment, we do not have a qualifying district meet for swimming. So how does a high school in in 50 words or less, <laughs> how does a high school swimmer, boys or girls, qualify for the state meet? In swimming, they have certain qualifying performance times that they need to meet throughout the season. This has to be during the regular season. Once those times are met, the coach will go online and there is a performance list and they will put their times on the performance list and that just kind of builds throughout the season. And we house that on our website, right? That is correct. This is the second season that we have now housed that on our own on our website. I'm going to give a shout out to both Stephanie and our web developer, John Pasquet, and Stacy Schrader, our senior associate executive director who used to be in charge of swimming and diving. They got a curveball this past summer that the company that generally handled our swimming data, they housed our data for all of our qualifying times and and a number of other things. We're no longer offering that service and we were stuck just months out from our first championship and we decided we have a tremendous web developer in John Pasquet and we said, let's just do it ourselves. And so from scratch, he developed our own system, which I know very little about, but what I'm hearing is it's better than what we had. Yes, yes. It is very user-friendly. 
the great thing about what we're doing right now is we can go in and make quick changes if we've got something going on that seems a little weird. When we initially started doing this, we had a little over a month to get this whole thing developed from the start of entering performances into the end of the season to make those declarations because that's all part of it. And John is amazing at his development and doing what we need for him to do to make this a functional system. My experience with the entry systems in general, I kind of knew what other sports have used and, and what it could look like. Stacy did an amazing job with just kind of the foundation of swimming and diving and what swimming needed as the basis. And we are looking forward to building on that in the future to provide more services with that system. Well, our coaches have been very positive about the system. And in general, our schools, our coaches, our, our athletic directors are interacting with our own website every day. Our website, while the public facing side of the website is really a great information tool. And we have a number of people in the public who are accessing our website a lot. If you have a login to that website, it is a tool to help you do your job, or at least the the MISHA compliance and the state tournament side of your job. So these coaches are entering these qualifying times. So those are published times. The athlete must swim a time that is faster than that cut time. Mm-hmm. And they're going to enter that And then we're going to get a list of students who have swam a qualifying time at any point during the regular season. Then, as we get closer and closer to the state championships, there is a deadline, and schools must then declare which swimmers they're going to try to enter in the meet. And there's a limit. Every athlete can swim in how many events? Four. Okay. So we have 11 swimming events. The 12th event is diving, which is done separately from the swim meet. So those schools are going to declare for each of their athletes up to four events they'd like to try to enter them in. Each event, the number of declared athletes is going to go in rank order from fastest time to slowest time, and we're going to cut it at 32. That does not mean these are the fastest 32 times in that event in the state. Correct. It means? It means it's going to be the top 32 times that have been declared in that event. Right. So it's tempting to think, oh gosh, you know, I'm, I'm a high school swimmer. I know where I stand on that list. I've swam the 38th fastest time this season in the 100-yard backstroke. And I'm not in the top 32, so I haven't qualified for state. Well, actually, the chances any student who has swam anything faster, that all 37 of those that were faster than me at some point in the season would also declare for the 100-yard backstroke is slim to none because Mm -hmm. they are also qualifying in other events. So it is worth it for my coach to declare me for that event because I might get picked because of this limit of four events for every athlete. Correct. Okay. So that process is happening the weekend before, correct? Yes. Okay. And at what point does a school learn which athletes are invited to the meet? So they will make the declaration process on the Thursday and Friday, and then they will actually know on Sunday. Okay. So, and then we're going to start in class one on that Thursday. So we have 32 qualifiers in every event. That means we have four preliminary heats of eight swimmers, at least. We also have ties, so we could have at least a fifth heat, which we do sometimes. 
We have our preliminaries. We're looking for the fastest 16 times in our preliminary heats. And then those top 16 will make it to the finals. The top eight times will be put in the championship race. And then times nine through 16 will be in the consolation finals. Correct. And every one of those 16 swimmers gets an opportunity. They will, if you are in the top 16, you will score points for your team if you are not disqualified. Yes. So when we go into the finals, which for class one, as you've already mentioned, will be on Friday and for class two on Saturday, as we go into the finals, we have now entered the part of the two-day event where the team scores are starting to be collected and we are looking at determining a team champion. Between the preliminary swimming and the final swimming, which are a day apart, we will have our diving competition, Mm -hmm. which is just one of the 12 events that goes into the team score. But our diving event is a set-aside event. And as I mentioned before, there is a qualifying event for diving. It's not the same as swimming. And so let's talk about diving district meets. Well, so it is the same in swimming in the fact that you have to have a consideration qualifying standard to make it to districts. That is also registered on the website. And there's four districts. The top eight will come out from those districts, which will give us 32 at state. And that's the Friday and Saturday before championships. Okay. And then those 32 students will come to the state championships and they have their own diving session. That is a competition of 11 dives. And after so many dives, they do a cut and then they'll do a few more dives and do another cut until they get to the top eight and they will finish out to determine the top eight places. We'll give points to the top 16 just like we do in swimmers, and those points will go toward the school's team score. So the finals, can you describe a little bit? So what's a swimming final look like? So there are a few less teams there than what there are in the prelims, just because there's been a few that have not made it to that point. But it is exciting. I think every team and, and teammate is standing and cheering and screaming. You've got pretty much a filled spectator section, and they are yelling. It's very exciting. And I think it sounds, what's really cool is that what, it sounds really loud because you'll have those moments of silence because of the start, and you have to have that fair start. You need everybody quiet. But then once they hit that water, I mean, everybody is cheering, and it's really fun. It is an explosion of sound because we, <laughs> the swimmers have to be able to hear the start. Yes. And so it's pretty quiet and then once they start that explosion happens you know each race kind of has its own personality but as each of those races goes on through the session the team scores started to be watched and then we're starting to see who might be the top four teams and who is the state championship school so it's a very exciting atmosphere and we do in Missouri have two classes we have two classes with the boys as well But we have more schools participating in girls swimming and diving than boys. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. We have really, really good numbers. Our performance lists, I think the lowest event has about 50 plus swimmers in it. And our divers, like I said, we've got about 100 divers in districts right now. So That's exciting. So we say we have more schools registered in swimming and diving in girls. And we also have more athletes. So our event, while we cap (laughs) who can come when you have a greater number of schools participating you've also got a much better chance to have a greater number of schools qualify and that's what we have in our girls event 
So while the swimmers are in their suits, and the suits can be any sort of color, all of the other garb that goes along, and we have kids on the deck and coaches on the deck, and it's really just like any, uh, like a track meet or cross country, it's just a color menagerie when everyone wearing their school colors. So that is always cool at any of our championships, and swimming is no different. Okay, so we have officials for swimming and diving. How many are involved? Let's talk about diving. How many officials do we have during a diving session? We have seven judges, and then we've got the referee, which has been a very consistent one. It's Jim Whitelaw again this time, and he did it back in the fall and has done it for several years and does a very good job. Okay. And then how many officials does it take to run a swimming event? We've got 10 registered Misha Swimming and Diving officials, and then that includes the starter and the referee. Okay. So essentially one per lane and the starter and the referee. Yes. Okay. And then on top of that, we have an automatic timing system, but we also have to have backups. So one of the things that if you've never been to a swimming meet or a state championship meet, if this is your first time, you're going to be kind of shocked at the number of people on the deck, especially near the starting blocks. And so help us with, there's three people on a chair behind the starting blocks. What's going on there? There are three people. These are volunteers on the chair back behind the starting blocks. And these are our backup timers. Every single one of them, three per lane, are doing backup times just in case if something were to happen and our automatic timing system fail us. Yeah, there is a number of people involved on the deck. We obviously keep the teams, you know, they're corralled a little bit if you're not participating in the race, although you really can be right up on the pool. At certain points in our pool, we have teams right next to the pool, spectators who are cheering. But at the starting block, if it's an individual race, you've got the swimmer, the three timers, and the official. You make that a relay. Now you've got four swimmers, the three timers, and an official There's a lot to keep track of, and this is pointing out those officials, they're paying attention to a lot of details, and they do a tremendous job. Yes. Anything else we should be thinking about as we get ready to host our 49th annual Girls Swimming and Diving Championships? Well, as we talked about with the timers, the backup timers, those are all volunteer timers that if you would like or are interested in being a timer for a class for a particular session, it has to be the whole session, you can go on to the Michel website and you'll see a volunteer sign up for, you'll see the link there on the swimming and diving page that you can volunteer to sign up that is filling up pretty quickly. Okay. As always, you can buy your tickets for the event on our website and digital tickets. That's how we sell our tickets. You can buy them ahead of time. You're going to show them on your phone or print out your QR code. Like most of our championships, we are also covered on Misha.tv. For a fee, you can watch all of our championships. For the number of people, that is their preferred way to watch our championships. They can kind of watch it on demand or live. And so just a reminder that if you are not able to get to St. Peter's February 15th, 16th, and 17th, you do have an opportunity to get to experience the excitement. Stephanie Turner, thanks for joining me today. This is Dr. Jennifer Ruckstad with the Missouri State High School Activities Association. This is Dr. Jennifer Ruckstad, the Executive Director of the Missouri State High School Activities Association. Thank you for listening to the Misha All Access podcast and having an interest in Missouri high school activities and athletics. If you enjoyed today's episode of the Misha All Access podcast or any of the episodes, 
in this podcast, please consider subscribing or liking with your favorite podcast provider. It helps other people find us, and we really appreciate you listening and supporting the Missouri State High School Activities Association.